listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Good afternoon. I'd like to offer a very sincere word of welcome to all of you. Welcome. On this third Sunday of Advent, the theme of joy is in the liturgy today. It's known as Gaudete Sunday from the opening antiphon from Philippians 4.4. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. In Latin, that's Gaudete. So Gaudete Sunday, the theme of joy. And I've had mass at parishes and I asked the altar servers, do you know what color the vestments are today? Wrong. It is not pink. <laughs> that's what they said too in the candle here. It's rose. I do not wear pink. I'm allergic to pink. <laughs> there was a time when I was younger, I was giving a lot of retreats, a lot of youth retreats around the country. And it, sure enough, on this day, well, you know, you have Laitare Sunday in um, Lent and Gedete Sunday in Advent. And uh, so we have the beautiful rose vestments and the kids at the youth retreat were taking pictures of me and putting it on Instagram with the hashtag pretty in pink. <laughs> so never pray for humility, never. You pray for humility, it's the one prayer God will always answer. So I will never pray for humility anymore. Okay, so it is rose-colored, not pink. Okay, we got that clear. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, the, the readings and the prayers in the liturgy today are just tremendous. It's just such a joyful day, and we got our first snow today. It snowed just a little bit. So I had prayed for a foot. We got didn't even get an inch, but... um. The maintenance guys here at the Shrine are also praying for no snow, so you know how hard it is to clear it. So, okay, you win today. But um, So we're joyful. We're just so thankful and joyful. The readings, the prayers, it, it all has that theme of joy here in Advent. We're getting close to Christmas. And I, I just love this passage from the prophet Isaiah. We hear a lot from the prophet Isaiah in Advent. And uh, listen to this. Uh, the desert and the parched land will exult and rejoice and bloom they will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. And it goes on to talk about Lebanon and Carmel and Sharon. Carmel is the garden of God. And it's almost as if, well, like Our Lady of Guadalupe, which we celebrate tomorrow. We have her beautiful image here. And you know the story when St. Juan Diego was there and he heard the birds and the angelic singing and then the beautiful roses in winter, the flowers growing, which Mother Mary put in his tilma. And he showed them to the bishop, and her image miraculously appeared on his garment, which we have a photograph right here. And it's almost as if the um, flowers are visual songs, and the songs are auditory flowers. The way flowers and rejoicing music go together in this reading, it's amazing. And it's a prophecy about the Messiah. When the Lord God comes in splendor, he will strengthen the weak and feeble. Those who have frightened hearts will be strong. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. The lame will leap. The tongue of the mute will sing. The Lord will ransom and forgive, forgive sins. There will be everlasting joy. And then the final line, sorrow and mourning will flee. This is a prophecy of Jesus, the Messiah who will come, and it matches the, the gospel so well. 
John the Baptist is in prison. He sends his followers to Jesus. Are you the one? Are you the Messiah? And Jesus says, well, go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind are getting their sight. The lame are walking. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf are hearing. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news proclaimed to them. So yes, he is the Messiah. Yes, he's fulfilling the prophecies. He is doing what Isaiah said he would do. And it is beautiful and wonderful and just amazing. Praise God, huh? To rejoice in the Lord. Um, And so in praying over these readings, in my prayer, there were two questions which came to mind, which I'd like to share with you. And uh, I propose the questions as something to think about and to pray with. So the first question is this. I'd like you to think about the worst thing that ever happened in your life. The saddest day you've ever had. Now, what if you could go back into the past and undo whatever that was? How amazing would that be? You know, the worst thing that ever happened to me, I'll share with you, my mom and my grandma and my great-grandmother all had cancer at the same time, and they were going to a chemo together. You can imagine what that was like for the family. It was horrible, and then they each died. And the reason why I share that question is because Jesus has undone every bad thing. I know they're more alive than we are. They're waiting for me in heaven. I can't wait to see them again. So, brothers and sisters, whatever your your greatest sorrow, it is being undone by Jesus, the Savior. Second question, what is the greatest joy you've ever had? The most joyful thing. Maybe it was the birth of a child. Maybe somebody here won the lottery. (laughs) Think of the, the most wonderful memory the greatest joy. And I want you to know that that joy is nothing compared to what's waiting for us on the other side. We can't even begin to think about what's waiting for us in heaven. The joy that Jesus will give us. It is amazing. That's why the liturgy of the church today says to us, rejoice, rejoice. And you know, Jesus did these miracles, and I was thinking about that in the gospel. We hear accounts of him healing the blind and the deaf and the lame, and he even raised them from the dead. I'm thinking that 12-year-old little girl, I say to you, Talitha Kum, little girl, arise. Or his friend Lazarus, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. He came out. But you know what? For all of those people who were healed or raised from the dead, they got sick again. They died again. And it's almost as if God was not satisfied with just offering a temporary solution. In the resurrection of Jesus, he offers us a permanent solution. For what is waiting for us in heaven, there will be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. It's eternal life. You know, if the Lord just kept healing us here and now, you know, it's like, it's almost like God's like, he doesn't want to just give us more of this. 
as great as this can be sometimes. But no, it was something greater that he wanted to give us in eternal life, the resurrection, the fullness of joy and happiness and peace and forgiveness and reconciliation. We get to see God face to face and we get to be with our loved ones forever. That is amazing. That is so beautiful. That is something truly worth rejoicing over. And that is the joy that we celebrate. I think of so many Christmas carols. Christmas is the best, isn't it? What do we say in Christmas? Rejoice. Joy to the world. Well, we had, I was waiting for it. We had our Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Thank you. Of all days, we should be singing that. It should be today. Tell the other parishes, okay. Um, Rejoice, rejoice, O Israel. Emmanuel will come to you. God with us. God with us. God will come to us. It's beautiful. And so it is true. We may suffer. That was the second reading today. Be patient like a farmer. Farmers suffer and work hard. But then there's the harvest. Be patient with your suffering, the difficulties, the trials. Um, Because we have hope, the Lord is with us. And he brings us salvation. He brings us redemption. He brings us forgiveness. And ultimately, he brings us eternal life in heaven forever. Joyful, joyful, we praise you, O Lord. And we thank you this day for where your grace is leading us. You're leading us home. Amen. Kindly be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Together we pray the beautiful words, the words of God to Mary through the angel, the words of God to Mary inspired by the Holy Spirit through her cousin Elizabeth as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So welcome, my friends. Welcome. It's a great joy to be here together, praying in the presence of our Lord. And all day today, I've been thinking about the Hail Mary. Today is the day of the Hail Mary. You know, in the liturgy of the church, we have the rose-colored vestments, the lighting of the rose-colored candle and the advent wreath. The light is coming into the world. Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And I just have a little meditation on the beginning of the prayer, Hail Mary. You know, in English, we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Hail Mary. And in Latin, we pray Ave Maria, gratia plena. Ave Maria. Ave is a greeting in Latin. In the early church fathers, they loved to meditate on the fact that Mother Mary, as the new Eve, giving birth to Jesus, the new Adam. And in Latin, Eve's name is Eva. Eva reversed is Ave. And it was death through Eve, life through Mary. 
The disobedience of Eve tied a knot. The obedience of Mother Mary untied the knot. Eva was reversed. Ave. Ave Maria, gratia plena. Hail Mary, full of grace. Isn't that interesting? How different languages capture something so different. In Spanish, we pray, Dios te salve, Maria, llena eres de gracia. Dios te salve. Greetings from God, Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with you. And when you say goodbye to somebody in Spanish, you say, adios, which means go with God. Adios, go with God. I love the way different languages capture different shades of meaning. We're pretty sure that when the angel Gabriel came to Mother Mary, most likely would have been speaking with her in Aramaic, Shlamlach Maryam, peace be with you, Mary. That's how the Hail Mary goes in Aramaic. It's a very typical greeting of biblical people. Peace be with you. The words of the risen Jesus on Easter morning, right? He comes to the disciples. The door is locked. They're afraid. And he says to them, peace be with you. Here's where it gets interesting. While it is true that the event most likely happened in Aramaic, the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary. The Holy Spirit inspired St. Luke to record the story for us in his gospel, the gospel of Luke. And St. Luke wrote his gospel in Greek. So the original version of the story, as inspired by the Holy Spirit, as recorded by the evangelist St. Luke, is written in Greek. And in Greek, the angel says to Mother Mary, Kaire kekeri tomine. That got translated in Latin as Ave Maria, gratia plena. It got translated in English as Hail Mary, full of grace. But actually, none of those translations quite capture what was said. I'm a little bit of a nerd. I love languages. I love grammar. Kaire kekeri tomine. Kaire means rejoice. Rejoice. Mary, full of grace. And the grammar of the word rejoice, as Luke wrote it, with the words of the angel, it's an invitation to an ongoing joy, something that's ongoing. Rejoice. And the early church fathers felt that in the account, there is something of the prophet Zephaniah chapter 3. There's a prophecy in the Old Testament, the prophet Zephaniah chapter 3, where there's a prophecy that says, Rejoice, daughter Jerusalem. The king of Israel is in your midst. And they feel that there's something of that prophecy in the background of the words of the angel to Mary. Rejoice, daughter Jerusalem, rejoice. The Lord is in your midst, literally going to be conceived in her womb. She She is Zion and Jerusalem in person, the daughter. Beautiful stuff. So sometimes when I'm praying the rosary by myself, instead of saying, Hail Mary, I will say, Rejoice, Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with you. It's just a little more accurate to the Greek. Okay, but Hail Mary is fine. But here's the interesting thing. The angel didn't actually say, Hail Mary. 
He knew her name was Mary because later he'll say, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So he knows her name, but he doesn't call her Mary. He says, Kaire kekeri tomine, almost as if kekeri tomine was her name. And that word kekeri tomine is very hard to translate. In English, we say full of grace. In Latin, they say gratia plena, but in Greek, there's grammar that we don't actually have in English. And it's very rare, even in the New Testament. There's only one other place that structure is used, and it's in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, when he talks about the blessings and graces that God gave us in Christ. So, charis is grace, and in Greek, it's related to the word for joy, kaire. Charis, kekeritomine, it's, are you ready for a very nerdy comment? A, per, a perfect past participle. So the word is so strange, and it's almost as if it's her name. It's better translated, you who have been fully graced. Perfect past participle. So it's an event that happened in the past. It was perfect. It was completed and fulfilled, and yet it's ongoing. Rejoice, you who have been fully graced. And it's a grace of what the church would end up calling it the Immaculate Conception, to be conceived by the grace of the Holy Spirit without stain, without sin. Beautiful. So on this Rejoice Day in the liturgy of the church, Gaudete Sunday, the the rose-colored vestments, the rose-colored candle, the readings and the theme and the liturgy of joy, I just had to share this story that there is a hidden presence of joy in the Hail Mary. And as we pray the Hail Mary, whether it be at the Angelus, whether it be in the Rosary, or just in a moment of love and devotion, there should be a sense of joy in that prayer. The angel says to her, rejoice, because God is entering into time. He's becoming incarnate. The Savior is here. Forgiveness of sin healing of the effects of sin, the conquering of the devil and of death, all of these graces of of salvation, forgiveness, reconciliation, every good thing. St. Paul will say to the letter to the Ephesians, every blessing and good thing given to us in Christ, how appropriate to announce this mystery with the word rejoice. Have joy. In her Magnificat, Mother Mary will say, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. This tremendous theme of spiritual joy has nothing to do with your mood. It has nothing to do with how good or bad a day you're having. (laughs) It's a conviction that God is good. He loves us and he's calling us to himself and therefore we rejoice. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans